Hey, welcome to the Art of Successful Living. My name is Joanne Williams. This podcast is about learning how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining in today as we continue the Fatherhood of God series. Today is part seven, the Fatherhood of God in the New Testament. My title is, It's a Family Affair. If you missed the other six episodes, I encourage you to go back, check it out so you can have the proper foundation. It will help you to understand the truths from the Bible concerning God as our Father. Today, I'm going to skip our review because I think I covered it well enough last time, um, you know, that we should be able to go forward with this next part. So we're going to be talking about uh, in the New Testament, we can see the father as redeemer. In the book of Matthew chapter one, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, is sent from the father to be born into the world. Jesus teaches us about the fatherhood of God and the nature of his kingdom. He dies to redeem us from our sins rises again, and returns to the Father to reign in heaven. Jesus' sacrifice breaks the barrier between Jews and Gentiles so that not only Israel, but all the people of the earth who believe in him can call God their father. The Bible says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. First, those in God's family are described as being chosen and elect. We are described as the faithful ones, the new, true people of God, the ones who receive God's grace and favor. It also frames how we are to live. We are to live as obedient children. We are to be holy as the Father is holy. We are to live within a new familiar structure, accepting the authority of the elders, and we are to love one another as siblings, wrapping ourselves with the apron of a humble servant who takes seriously its role as priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. Through Jesus, our relationship with God becomes more personal than ever. As we receive the gift of the Father, His, His very Spirit to live within us, through His Spirit, we can reflect his nature and character and become his true sons and daughters. 
then there is the power of death and life. One of the reasons a father's role is so significant, hear me now, is that he has been given a powerful tool of influence. You know what that is? Can you guess what that is? His voice. Among the greatest gifts and responsibility that God has given humanity is the power of our words. This is part of our creation in his image. God accomplishes his will and purpose through words. In Genesis chapter 1, we read that when the creator said, let there be, he transformed the darkness and gave shape and order to a world with form. Because it was, the Bible says that it was devoid and without form. It was chaos and confusion. But when God spoke and said, let there be every dimension of our natural environment came into being through his words, the stars and the mountains and the oceans and the seas and, you know, all of this, the heavens came into being through his words. Let there be. Likewise, mankind who is created in God's image was designed to exercise dominion on the earth by using words as an instrument of authority. We are speaking spirits. Y'all better hear me now. You better hear me now. We are to exercise dominion on the earth by using words as an instrument of authority. Recall, anybody recall that first specific task that God gave Adam? You know what it was? To name all the animals. Genesis chapter 2, 19 through 20. Referring to the force of words, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. All people influence others by their words. Today, we have what they call social influencers. And they influence us to buy and do everything. <laughs> Back in the day, we were influenced by our parents, our grandparents, our elders. But today, there are so many voices. Wow. We can see the effects of people listening to or being influenced by the wrong people or by the right people. That's why it's so important to know and to study the word of God for yourself. When a man or a woman speaks according to the spirit of God, he or she has tremendous power and his or her words, the Bible says, will stand. For instance, when the patriarch Jacob was dying, he called his sons to his bedside and he prophesied concerning what would happen to the tribes of Israel that would descend from them. His words, Jacob's words, either committed them to greatness or exacted judgment. The voice of Jacob 
affected the future of his children's children. So we got to be careful what we say over our kids. We got to be careful with our words. So I said this to say that having an affirming parental voice is an essential part of our wholeness. Remember when John the Baptist baptized Jesus? The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. As Jesus came up out of that water, the sky opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. Then the Father's confirming voice echoed from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The voice of God approved and validated the son, presenting Jesus to the people whom he would redeem. While Jesus was growing up in Nazareth, God the Father had loved and prepared his son for his life and service on earth. But now at his baptism, the father could say, my son is ready for his work and is well pleasing in my sight. The confirming voice of the Father, God the Father, was based on the relationship God had shared with Jesus long before his baptism. It speaks of time spent together, instruction given, and strength received. Note this, that even though Jesus was spiritually mature, when he was baptized, he continually expressed his dependence on his father. Jesus said, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. For the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. We always need to be dependent on the Heavenly Father and do the things that He does. The Bible says that we are to be imitators of God as dear children. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. We are to imitate God. After we come to understand that God is our Father, we must also recognize that we can have joy, strength, and freedom when we maintain a personal relationship with him. We can continually draw on his loving and powerful presence to meet all our needs as we look to him for healing, for deliverance, for whatever it is that we are in need of. His presence will also keep us connected let me say that again, connected, let me say it one more time, connected to his grace. As we face future challenges so that we can go through them without being scarred, scared. Because we've been hearing wars and rumors of wars. We've been hearing about, you know, empty shelves and this happening and that happening. But we can face the challenges of life without being scared when we have this relationship with God the Father. The Bible says in him we live and move 
and have our being. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. We can also experience validation and empowerment to live the lives we were created to live. We can do this because we have received the spirit of the father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans 8, 16. When we come back next time, we're going to talk about the power of his presence, the presence of God, the father. We need to recognize his presence. If you have enjoyed this lesson and series on God the Father, give me a thumbs up. Also, click that notification button so you can be notified when the next podcast comes out. Until next time, be blessed.